0: I would say practice active mindfulness. Before you do anything else, practice active mindfulness. Be mindful of every single thing that you do, every word that comes out of your mouth. How many things do we say in a day and are in a week and we regret it later? How many things do we do? If you know you have already had a 10 hour workday, choose to disconnect, choose to spend time not only with your family, not only with you know doing scrolling through your feed, spend some time on yourself, on your inner self.
1: good evening good morning good afternoon wherever you are in the world welcome back to social comforts it's episode 18 and shanluk i got to say i'm i'm kind of distracted right now cuz last week we <laughs> talked about it i'm literally in a, in a discord server right now following other trends activities going on like 2 hours ago there was this launch of uh, what was supposed to happen last week of Gary Fee's fee Friends drop? And I've been following that like for the past two hours and I'm still checking the chat as we do this. So, but uh, without further ado, my attention has yeah. now shifted <laughs> to social convos.
2: You're actually it- waiting, still waiting for the drop. <laughs> I had my drop. I actually shared the video together with Cheno, Another person who was also in the drop, and, and, and Dion. We we took a video of me opening the pack that I got from last week's drop, and I'm really disappointed because the ROI is actually negative. Right now, the pack that I, the NFTs that I opened up from the pack are actually worse than than my, my initial investment. A quick all quick shout outs to the comments. Uh, shout out to Mister Bezig. He says we're busy. So that's that's a good signal, but uh, yes. Without further ado, because there are already mm-hmm. people uh, waiting for the introduction of our guest. Today's guest is somebody very close to my heart. I've uh, known her quite well for over tw- actually around twenty years already. That's wow. That's how we each other. Yes, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna introduce her the usual way. I introduce her because that I would. It, it, she wouldn't I wouldn't give her the proper respect. So I'm going to introduce Natasha as somebody who I know from, from high school, who actually also spent a very small part of her studies in Tilburg. I actually ended up selling a, bench, uh, a coach or giving a coach or selling a coach. She, she'll tell me if, if I was nice enough to give it to her or that I sold it to her. Uh, but I ended up giving her a coach in Tilburg. And... Then I asked her to become one of the keynote speakers for the first-ever social media conference in Suriname, back in 2017. I and, remember that one. Yeah. And then she moved She moved back to Suriname. And not only is she somebody who I lo- look up to when it comes to corporate communications, but she also is somebody that I look up to because... She decided to do her own thing, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So without further introduction, let's bring it to the stream, Natasha Fongkun. Welcome, Natasha.
0: Hi, guys. Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. Jean-Luc, every time you make me speechless
1: with those. Hi, Natasha. Welcome to Social Convos, and first of all, compliments on your... Background there. Lovely, lovely background. And I think people might be wondering what we're going to talk to about tonight. And they saw it probably during the announcement from corporate, uh, from the corporate world to uh, a yogini and what a yogini is. We'll dive into that a bit. But, but let's dial it back to, you know, the the good old days. You met Shanluk at high school and based from your, I guess, your, your profile, some of the background information we, we did. Uh, you have been in the active like the healthy space for from quite for quite a while. So how did that begin? Where were the interest what's this I, I w won't call it obsession, but this, you know, interest in health.
0: Well, health has been a passion of mine, this is true. Ever since I was little. Maybe it became I was I'm an only child, so I was I grew up alone in the house. So my parents, it's both of them their second marriage and I'm actually you know, their only child from this marriage. And they have had children before, but they uh, were already living abroad. So I actually had to entertain myself. So I was always singing, dancing, and doing some kind of a sport. And they would actually take me to, you know, I could choose any sport I wanted. So I think I actually, I, I checked the list of sports and dance and piano lessons and everything. So. It was it was my thing. It was where I met people, made friends, and so I was always busy with that. And I just even later in life, I never had the inclination to divert from it. So yeah, I think I think that's where it started. Just as a little kid, doing every sport under the sun and trying it all out, and never really sticking to something until I started swimming. That was when I was I think I was ten. And I did that up until I, yeah, I was in the national swimming team. So I think that was my, yeah, the, my highest achievement in
2: sports at the time. I actually met you met you when you were swimming. I think uh, there's also a story that you actually completed Insanity twice. Now, first of all, there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people that, that want to try Insanity. They don't finish it, when they finish it, it's a very big achievement. And you actually did it twice. So I have to ask, on behalf of my close friends, I have to ask, why did you do it twice?
0: Because I'm insane, Sharon. This you know.
2: <laughs> no, but a little bit of story behind uh, the reason for doing it, of course, because yeah. there are people that want to know, is insanity actually good for my health? Is there something I can learn from it? And, and then the question for why why would you do it a second time?
1: Quickly, what is Insanity? Right. Uh, sure.
0: So Insanity is this it's this fitness program by Shanti, who I still follow and love. So Shanti is this fitness guru, and he has started this program where you do a certain, you do like 20 minutes up until 40 minutes of sports and, and cooling down, warming up and cooling down included. And you do this every day. For I think it's oh my God, Shaluk, is it thirty days? Is it forty days? I can't remember. It was such a while back.
2: So at least a month.
0: Yeah, at least a month, a month or five weeks or six weeks, something like some something in this range, and it it and. Like from the first week, like you die, like you feel every fiber in your body, every soul. And the reason I did it back then is to actually to get into shape is one reason. But I love things that challenge me, like my yoga program that I did uh, back in November was also like this. I woke up every day at 4.30 a.m. and there's just for consecutive hours of training and it was just quite brutal as well so in a way that was I think even harder than insanity because there's also the spiritual process you know and and challenging the body so I do enjoy pushing myself like this so after the first time I was feeling so strong and able and I think I don't know how long it took me but then I did it a second time it's true and then I, I love challenges and I love seeing how far my body can go. And also, it, you come into a meditative state when I'm doing sports or when I'm focusing on my health. to get into a state of, of inner peace, of, of just you leave everything behind. I think people that play sports, I, I know that you guys, maybe you like football, or, you know. I think when those players are on the field, there's nothing else in the world than just them and their body. And this is how I feel with sports, it's how I feel with yoga, with dance, with music.
2: There's a group of people right now that started a 30-day challenge. I actually decided I want people to join in. We're doing a 30-day challenge. Diego's in in the app group as well. And... The, the biggest, there's a big hurdle to start with a 30-day challenge. I would start with anything that's a commitment for a month. And, like, how do you mentally prepare yourself for, for, such, a, for such a challenge?
0: It's funny you should ask because I, I also, actually, before I did my yoga training, I also did, like, a 30-day challenge. How do you prepare for that? I think I have no other advice than to just commit and I think this is the biggest hurdle we have as, you know, humans. Committing is, is an issue sometimes. Just getting yourself, holding yourself accountable for your actions. I think that's where it starts. And how to prepare is to not start to do it, you No, know, oh, today I'm deciding tomorrow I'm going to do it. I mean, if you know you're the type, yes. But if you know you're not the type, like plan it for three months ahead. You know, say, hey, I'm going to do insanity, or I'm going to do this 30-day challenge. I'm going to do it in in August. I'm going to do it in the summer. And then from that day that you have decided, actively try to every day say to yourself, hey, I'm going to do this. and, And you'll see that if you really start to believe it and not see it as a burden, but see it as, I say this to my students, we get to practice. We don't have to practice. We... It's not that we should, we get to how many people are not able to do any kind of a challenge because their hurdle in life is how, what is their next meal going to be. They can't get out of bed maybe, they're physically impaired maybe. We get to practice, it's a blessing. So whatever challenge it may be, you get to do it. How privileged are we to be in a WhatsApp group and, and be able to do with the challenge? I mean...
1: You're using a very powerful word there, get to, and it's a, I guess, a perspective on how you look at things. And I get that, that you, a lot of people struggle with that, but the whole way you've been talking from the moment you appeared on camera is so calming. It's so zen-like, even the, you're getting compliments from the YouTube here. Uh, Gregory says he's digging your video setup. So that's really interesting to hear you from this perspective. But then again, Sean-Luc mentioned in your introduction that you are kind of invited to be one of the keynote speakers during the conference in 2017. And that was in this setting from a corporate world. So I'm trying to figure out this disconnect or connect between the calm Natasha I see in front of me right now and the hurdles and the rush life of the corporate world. So how did that happen?
0: Yeah, so that person still is inside of me. She comes out every now and then. She was was here today, (laughs) rushing around the city, having to get from here to there. And then I get into a state that I don't like that state anymore. The state of having to rush, rush, rush where you feel like life is living you. I was listening to this song and this song is called Surviving. It's a beautiful song. And I I think it was written in the COVID period, you know, because so 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 many people have it so heavy these days. And it feels like surviving. It feels like getting through a day, getting through your life, getting through the next thing to take off. And while... I actually, I, I, I had a, a quite, a, quite a good career, I think, in, in marketing and in social media, and I think that's why she asked me, I hope. <laughs> so, but actually that that person standing there is someone who is good at her job, who is very bubbly on stage and a show. She, she gives a show. She's a performer. I'm a performer. That's what I did in Tilburg. I actually started performing arts for a while there, and I still love performing. But that's the thing. At a certain point, I asked myself, "But is my whole life going to be a performance?" You know, and every time I close a door, I become, yeah, a whole different person. Is that who I want to be? And and I, I I didn't think so. I didn't think so. I think I think that all the choices I had made up until then have have served me well. I I have. I think built a good name for myself. I I take care of my parents. I've done my best. But at a certain point I was feeling like I was just surviving and every day was a show and I decided that I didn't know what to do. That's the thing. I didn't know what the next step was going to be and maybe that's why it took me a while, but it was right on time because in the end The way forward was when I just let go. I quit my job. I left my relationship. I decided to just not focus on the house I wanted to buy or the the car I needed to buy if I gave up my... I I decided to just, just go and just leave and see. And every book I had read up until then, every story, every movie, it always starts there with the person just jumping. And every time... You see it, you're like, but, but, but how are you going to survive and what are you going to do? But the thing is, we we are trained by society to think so much of those things. And I thought, now is the time. Because of course, if I have a family and, and, and I don't know, kids and everything, I, I maybe wouldn't have done it so easily. Not that it was easy, but I think you know what I mean. So I thought, hey, if there's ever going to be a right time, I think this is the time. So... Yeah, I think that's the difference between that, that girl and, and
1: this one. Is there anything that comes to mind? You've worked for uh, Hewlett Packard. You are the marketing manager there. And then at one of the local bakeries here in, in Suriname. Is there anything you took from those, I guess, two experiences, in particular in the corporate world that kind of set you up to make this decision, or put you in a like uh, position, be it financially, mentally, or just personally, to say you're in a comfortable or in a in well not comfortable but in a ready state to make this next step for yourself.
0: Well, definitely not financially because there's nothing I, I didn't have like a... It's the same when I moved from the Netherlands to here. Everybody said like you have to have a aspire budget, have some savings, you know, before you go to Suriname because it's really hard there. and And also with this and, you know, if you're going to wait for that. So if you have it, that's great. But if you don't, you're going to spend your whole life trying to save up to live a life and then you're not there anymore. So it was definitely not financially. I think I did reach a point of if I may be so honest, of, of feeling feeling utterly unhappy, feeling utterly like this is not who I wanted to be and the life I wanted to live anymore. And that I finally this this clarity I am the only one that can control this. I I, I can do something about it. And if, if there's any takeaway from From our our convo today it's that you can do something you're never a, a victim of circumstance you can always do something so whether that thing is to just up and leave go go be happy be find your joy find your passion life will bring you enough struggles and challenges because even in any kind of a happy setting if you're living on a beach in Bali struggle will meet you this is how life is designed so why not just you know take that as it comes and the part that you can control is make it as, as good as possible so it was it was basically out of just feeling rock bottom and feeling like I had no way out and just dropping it and saying i need to reinvent myself which is ironic now because that's hp's slogan it's re- re- <laughs> keep reinventing and that's exactly what
2: i did it's, it's fun because we're looking at, at corporate and, and looking at yoga so where do the paths actually cross what are kind of routines or uh, habits that you build up in your corporate life that you took with you to yoga and also the other way around
0: wow that's a good question because i actually got from the top of my head can't really let me say this first and foremost that i didn't when i left corporate when i just quit my job i didn't teach yoga yet i didn't i, w- I wasn't even a teacher yet and when i started to do my training i did that from out of india i it, everybody was asking me are you gonna teach and i was like i don't know i i no, this is just for me. I'm just, you know, on this journey and there was no teaching involved. Then it kind of just, it came to me that this is maybe what I should try. And now it's, I love teaching. So, yeah, I think the, the, the way that relates to life in general, not just the corporate world, is that we learn to be mindful we learn to live mindfully, to, to not to not live only mindfully, but to, to move every finger, every mudra, every asana is mindfully. If you're not mindful, you're gonna fall, it's gonna it's you're gonna get an injury, it's it's gonna you know not be a good experience for you. But if you are truly mindful in the moment and know where you're where your boundaries are for that day maybe your body doesn't go that far maybe you can't sit in meditation this long to not force it you know or when you feel the struggle coming you breathe through it and you tell yourself hey it's okay i don't have to push but i can just stay statically and i'll be okay it's it's this calmness it's this sense of of being in this moment that I think we can all take with us in any kind of setting, whether it's corporate, whether it's in a family setting, whether people are driving you crazy, it's focusing on your own body, focusing on your breath and coming into this moment. So yeah, I would say that would be my answer. I don't know if that answers your question, all.
1: Probably Shanluk will answer that in a second, but I want to quickly go through the comments because a few more came in. We got oh. welcome Natasha, welcome everybody. Uh, hey guys from Tenerife. I have no idea where that is.
2: Yeah, I know, where I God. know who that is. Tenerife, Spain, and that's because uh, Cruise Creative is our guest for next next week. So, uh, shout out to James for checking in. That's uh, awesome. That's pretty cool. So we have we have uh, four people watching this from different continents.
1: We got some. Devin is back as usual. Thanks for the audio and video check, Greg, for clarifying that. And Tevin's also in our 30 day challenge. So let's go. He's already saying day two. And you have a comment here from Nicole. She's surprised by the switch to becoming a yogini, but she's also inspired by the story behind it. And speaking of story behind it, uh, when we had our pre-talk in the chat, uh, you sent us a few photos and then the photo we decided to use for the announcement was the one where you are on a river and you are holding some kind of yoga pose, uh, if I may call it that. And you also said that was the moment that, where you decided or that, that triggered that decision, like to leave, leave it all behind. What was going on in your mind or in your body at that moment, in that pose? Can you paint a picture for us?
0: Yeah, I remember. I think it was the day before that. Oh, we stayed up late and we were talking. And I remember, I was, I, I said, I said that I felt like I never belonged. I felt like I never belonged in my own family. I never be, felt like I belonged in the Netherlands. And I came to Suriname. I felt like I didn't belong here. And the sense of belonging, because I, I had just started meditating again. And there was this mantra I was saying like I I may I be happy, may I be free, may I feel like I belong and and it's it's in that sentence, may I feel like I belong that I I remember I started crying and I I just so I I was talking about this late at night and I said, you know, I just I never felt like I really I don't know what to do about this and just other but it was all this pent up of feeling of unhappiness, feeling stuck, feeling not not well in life, you know, and and not not feeling like you're not able to talk about it because, of course, you're privileged. Of course, like you have a job, you're a manager of one of the biggest company, you're ex manager of another even bigger. Co- like, what do you have to you know complain about really? And then you feel like you're not allowed to. I felt like that. So. The next day I just started doing yoga on the you know, the, we call these river rapids, the sulas, right? So I remember I I I said, you know, let's let me take some pictures and I had never, ever in my whole life, it seems now that, that these pictures are from a photo shoot, it was the first time in my whole life that I actually had had someone take my picture doing yoga, like the first time ever. And now these pictures are basically my brand. So this is quite the experience for me now. But, and I just, while I was, I was sitting there, I felt so free and I started to do these asanas and these series, this specific series of asanas that you see are the warrior poses. And as broken as I felt the night before, when I was in, that asana, I those asanas, I felt so strong, and I said to myself, "You have the strength. Just jump, just leave. You know, if if you have to leave the country, leave the country. If you have to leave, whatever you have to leave, just leave it." And that certain this picture, because we were talking about two and one. I was on a rock doing the asana, and another one, I was actually with my feet. On the rocks in the river and the rapids are flowing and it's actually pulling you back you have to pull yourself up while you're trying to bend 90 degrees and do a back bend and and i was still standing strong and actually i i again i was just starting out i have done yoga for 12 years but i hadn't done it in so long and i was quite ill that period, because of my, my food intolerances and I, I just I was losing so much weight rapidly, my blood count was low, it was not a good time for me, but at that moment, I was strong and free and I think that I then decided, you know what, if I can do this and feel like this, I can leave. And, and again, without a plan, because I, I, I wasn't even doing my yoga teacher program
2: I just, that's what I found. That's the picture. I I have to ask this, though. I I really have to ask this. So how much does your upbringing, the way your parents raised you, or your experiences in other countries have impacted it, that you're willing to make the the sacrifice? So I'm I'm quickly going to give an interlude to this. We often talk about what is typical... Surinamese, a typical Surinamese identity. For me, a typical Surinamese identity is that I believe Surinamese people they can live anywhere in the world. They can overcome any challenge. Like there are so many stereotypes about Surinamese people, but one of the things that I think makes Surinamese people really strong is their creativity and their their survival with within different situations. But from the other side, I do want to know, like, what 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 made you so confident that you were willing to take the jump because. We had this discussion in previous talks on social confos. Our generation, at least the generation before us, was taught, you study economics, you study law, or you study medicine. That's basically what you should study, and and you stick to that data status that will get you through life, and you are making jumps that, for a lot of people, in their mind, it's like, this is not possible to do. I have to go out of my regular job. I have no security when it comes to income. So, so tell us a little bit about that thought process from your side.
0: It's, it's, I think it's actually being mindful of this upbringing and being mindful of the impact that not only our upbringing, but also just general society, media, culture has on us the role we have to take as a woman, as a man, as a father, as a mother, as a child i i was i was always very mindful of that and i think my first jump was when i i so shangluk knows that I, i actually was very bright ish in high school and i think my parents and everybody with everybody's plan was she goes away she's 18 and then she comes back when she's 22 and she's gonna have a master's in something and she's gonna be great you know and it's gonna be the president <laughs> this was i think my father's plan so and and i i felt like yeah this is I, I didn't know any better like that's and then i i started uni and again this feeling of total utter dread you know not not being motivated and knowing that i can do it but just not not wanting to do it but i'm feeling like a failure it, it was a you know, a trip. And I actually stuck to it because my dad said, you have to stick to it. You know, you, you chose this and I wanted to switch. I wanted to do, but he just didn't allow me. And then actually it came down to mental health. It I just basically used that argument because it was true. You know, I, I had a talk with my dad and I, and my mom and I, I said to him, but maybe my dad was was not really feeling it. And I, I, I said to him, you know, dad, if it, it, it's a question of of finishing the, this particular studies, which was IT, by the way, and the cost of it is literally me just wanting to, you know, not wake up anymore in the morning, and is that really worth it to you? You know? because i'd rather just go work in a shop or in a gym and i don't care but that was a big you know, embarrassment in our in our culture because you're you know you're from a certain i don't know upbringing and you don't do that you don't go work with your hands or you know it, these are the things that were in my head not only necessarily taught to me but more my own my own interpretation of surinamese culture especially you know in from a certain point in my life, and and it came down to that, and I just said, you know what, that it's either this or you know I, I don't think I'm I don't think there's gonna be much left of me, and I was that's the thing that's the key. I was I always just said those things to my parents to this day, as much as it it sometimes maybe hurts because a parent never wants to hear. You know, that their child is hurting, hurting in a way. But I was always honest about that. So it was that. And then I just, and I just cut it. And I said, you know, he made me make a plan, actually. So he made me make like a, like a, write a plan. So I wrote a one pager and I'm still like that. I, I, that's why this jump is different because for this jump, I didn't have any plan. So that jump, I had a plan, which is good because I was only 20 years old. I remember that's when I got this tattoo, and this tattoo, and this is a nice story because this tattoo is actually it, it's part of everything.
2: I it's do. part of your name as well.
0: It's part of my name. It's it's everything to me, and that back then it was just pretty. Alyssa Milano had it. I was like, oh, I need it, <laughs> and see how things just. Just come you know, or just so holistic in a way where later in life, you know the meaning of it just means so much. But I basically said to my parents, this is me just leaving leaving whatever you expect of me behind And that's when I started auditioning and I, I went to London, I went to Jamaica I, and I got into Tilburg and I did performing arts. And up to then, now this jump, how do you find the courage? The thing I think anyone should ask themselves is, am I willing to live this life? Because you don't know how long you'll live, right? So maybe you'll think it's a it's a period, it's just this period. You don't know if you're gonna wake up tomorrow. So the question is, and the question I have asked myself in those moments is, am I willing to live like this? You know, and if I if I die tomorrow or next week, I'm gonna regret everything, regret all the choices, like, this is not the way i want to live. So it's, it's, it all kind of boils down to that. We only have one life. And as responsible as you can, try to find any kind of passion you have and at least make it part of your life. You don't have to just up and leave everything like I did, but make it part of your life. And one thing I promise you, if you do that, doors will open because that was happened to me. I have always wanted to work for the UN, for the United Nations. I that's when I when I finished my communication studies, which was actually you know it fit me. I loved it. I finished that one in four years. Had I had chosen that one when I was 18, who knows how I would have turned out? Maybe I would have been uh, whatever my dad wanted me to be. But anyway, actually. I said to my, you know, to my teachers, like I want to work for WHO and this and that. And I had all, all but given up on that dream because when I started to deteriorate last year, I just thought I need to leave. And I applied everywhere from Geneva to Timbuktu to Micronesia, like literally I can show you the letters, just wanting to find purpose, wanting to do something with my life that if even if I wasn't happy, I could help people. And then it, it amounted to nowhere. And when I quit my job, I had all but given up on that. Like, okay, it's not for me. You know, it's not for this point in my life. I don't know what I'm going to do, but it'll be fine. And actually, that's when I just got a call from, the, you know, from a UN organization and, and to actually do a consultancy. So that's what I'm doing now. And and it was when I had already left. So that was very cool.
2: <laughs> so I quickly want to jump into this before Diego takes us to the questions as well in the comments. I, I do think you are explaining a little bit of DNA as well. And I, the reason I say that is because you do jump. It's, it's a jump. I wouldn't say it is fully calculated. That's something you said as well, but it's not like, you weren't busy with yoga. You never did yoga from a perspective of professional yoga or from a teacher. But you have been doing it for over 10 years. So I think I think for people, it's good to know, like, if, if there are certain things that you enjoy in life and you've done for them for a longer period in time and you really love doing them, don't just give up on them because you're getting pressured out of them and it makes you unhappy. But if it makes you happy, just please, please keep doing it. But I think there are some questions as well or comments as well. So we'll dive into those.
1: Before I go to the one in the comment, I'll probably follow that up with my question. My question is to relate this back to mental health and you being in that moment, that night before you had that powerful moment in the river, is that you are talking to somebody or was it talking to yourself or you're talking to somebody? Was there anyone in your environment during this whole process that helped you during this trajectory to, you know, finding yourself or was it just all inwardly? How important is it that there are all these people to sound off, of, even if they don't respond, but just to, you know, yeah. keep you sane? Yeah, just,
0: just having someone who listens and um, just, you know, tries to understand is, is is i think it's important however these these processes are are quite um how do i say it it's 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 hard for people to understand people who love you you know if you talk to it with a total stranger they can be like yeah go go if you want to be a musician be a musician you know because they don't you know they, they won't think maybe too much about all the risks but the people who love you the people who are your family who are your friends they will try to protect you and they'll say no don't do it how are you gonna survive you're crazy you're literally insane and that's why i didn't tell you. no but you know so that's that's i think so it's it's more this this change came from inwardly. I wrote, Diego, you know, I wrote pages and pages, and I think a whole notebook full of, of thoughts that came to me and finding a direction, you know, and not necessarily a plan, like I'm going to do this and that. But what I did try to work out for myself is you guys notice, right? So corporate companies, they, they have pillars, they have strategic pillars and I have built so many strategic pillars for a company. And I was like, but, what are my strategic, what are my pillars, what is my drive in life, you know, because I, I thought I want to leave, I want to go, and actually when I started to go inwardly, I, I found that, no, you don't want to go, not right now, your parents are here, Did you not move for your parents, was your biggest fear in living in Europe not to get a phone call that something is wrong with your parents and you can't go? And this is exactly what happened. Charlotte knows this in February. And what if I had left, you know, back in October or September? It's it's important to have people, but it is more important to spend time with yourself, is my advice. And confront yourself.
1: Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I think confronting, looking yourself in the mirror, looking inward is the hardest part for, but back to the questions and then I'll probably follow up later again. But Gregory asks here, what's up with this cult aspects of yoga and in parentheses, veganism, Buddhism, and he apologizes for the crude phrasing. But yeah, I I can see that actually anything, any organization's activity that's kind of, you know, not really the traditional mainstream is seen as a cult. So I, I, I guess with the Recent awareness—I've seen more yoga things pop up. So, could you elaborate on that? What are your thoughts on that?
0: The cult aspect, yeah. I think I—I think I know what you mean. And if I may try to interpret that, so that if you are going to do yoga or you want to call yourself a yogi or a yogini, then you should not eat meat. You should convert to buddhism and and things like that i think that's what 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 is meant and no this is not true at all it's 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 up to you of course you you can you can do all these things if you want but i mean i'm not a buddhist i'm not vegan so it's it's all up to what do you choose to hold on to if you so this is the risk of of so going into things like yoga or religion or any kind of, you know, lifestyle, if you will, is there's always a thin line between practicing it and enjoying it and then becoming part of it. And then having this whole world open before you seeing this and that is not much different than society. It's society not teach us to become doctors, to become you know, economic, economics or to become the president, you know, that, that is a, a cult culture, you know. So the, the choice is yours. Do you want to go with that? Because it's very easy to just become vegan, to dive into Buddhism and leave everything. But, but I, I'm not sure that, that that is the way to go if you're purely doing it to belong to a certain mm. group. I don't believe in that. So but then it's
2: more like a tactic. It's more like a tactic. Like I have to do it this way, this way, this way because it is written that way instead of doing something you love because you love exactly. it. So I think I think but, but thank you for for putting that out that like the way we're kind of conditioned as well in, in traditional trajectories and traditional upbringing is also called like. you know It's also called like situation. So So that's that's really interesting. Uh, A quick shout out from (laughs) UGBC. And actually there's also, uh, I think Nancy also wants to mention the importance of mental health. And then the question from Marina and she actually shares her story. So she's thankful that you are sharing their story. She says a lot of people are stuck in the rat race, which is called in rich dad, poor dad. And as long as they're comfortable, we are okay and not willing to risk that. And then she also explains, I'm myself in this situation right now. And still try to overcome my fear and choose myself and my purpose. Your story will truly contribute to making my decision very soon, and I'm manifesting it. So, thank you, Natasha. Thank you for sharing as well, Marina. But I, yeah. I think we we all struggle struggle with this uh, a lot. But but also interesting would be you've traveled uh, quite a bit. So, what is there a place or a story that you remember from traveling? which also contributed to, to making this decision or that you remember quite fondly of
0: I, I actually it's funny you should say that Shelley because this is a this is something I haven't thought of in a long time. But the moment you said travel and everything that we're talking about in this moment, this came to me and it's I think it's the perfect the perfect example. I, I thought the last trip I made when I lived in Europe was to Berlin. And I actually, I, I had a burnout. I had a burnout at, what, 27? And I couldn't do anything. I, I, I always thought, yeah, burnout, what is that? That's, it's you know, for old people, or it's when you're just lazy, you know? And, and then one day I broke down at work and I, I couldn't do anything anymore. I couldn't even watch TV without just get, getting anxiety. So I was, out of the, you know, completely out of the out of the running. And I remember this friend of mine, he said, Okay, but I'm leaving to Berlin tomorrow. And we were actually just having a catch up. We didn't, we didn't have we hadn't seen each other in I don't know how long. And and I said, Okay, I'm going with you. And he's like, Really? And I was like, yeah. And we just went with the bus and it was I remember it vividly. And then we came there and there were these people that he knew and he told me so these are van lifers, and I said, "What? What is that?" So vans, like in vans, like the cars, lifers. So uh, they're living the.
2: I van. thought I thought the <laughs> shoe.
0: Yeah, and then these people, Jean Luc and Diego, so they they basically convert vans, like like these old VWs, and and they make it into their home. They sell all their stuff like their house and they just literally go live in that van and they don't have a lot of costs. Obviously there's no rent, you know, they just live off of the street and like the streets. Well if you're if you're in Europe and these richer countries it's it's of course different than if you would do it here because for example there were a lot of people from Australia and in Australia there's a lot of public bathrooms and, and showers and things so they could literally live in their van, and I think some places in the US as well, and maybe in Europe. Here, I'm not sure, but anyway, what was inspiring to me, because my first, you know, my judgment was, oh, they're probably, you know, they're probably just people who don't, who can't do anything in life. And
1: Hippies. <laughs>
0: Yeah, typical, you know, this cope c- in my head. And then, and then these people were lawyers, these people who had been doctors, these people have been everything and anything and they just packed up their stuff and left and they were having the best time we spent so much time with them they cooked for us in their van we ate food we made music we sang we danced it was an experience of a lifetime and i never and and they switched bands too so then the one from australia had switched bands with one from i don't know slovakia And then, you know, so the one was traveling in Austria, and then they saw the whole world like this. And, I mean, it's amazing. So that was inspiring. We don't need everything.
2: That's that's pretty cool, though. It
1: is. Uh, and yeah, you, you mentioned that that the infrastructure is kind of there with the facilitation. I'm not sure if it would work here. I, I've seen uh, some of these in my time in New Zealand as well. Like there's public bedrooms everywhere. Uh, you can just shop there. There's public showers even. And basically the whole infrastructure is kind of built like that to facilitate people who want to do like this. Usually it's for tourist travelers, but then they they fall into that cycle of enjoying it so much that they kind of make a lifestyle out of it. But yeah, but co- coming back from your travels and having had that experience, are there any, I guess, misconceptions that people have from one, like, as you had misconceptions of these lifers of, you know, having had nothing, but their history was like kind of like yours in the corporate setting. Uh, Are there any other misconceptions that come to mind in that space and to specifically in yoga that you're practicing that you often hear or people often call you out on?
0: Well, I'm not sure. Yeah, people, I don't think people, a lot of people dare to, to call me out on it. But what I do feel is some stigma from the religious side Sometimes I, I feel a uh, certain amount of judgment, maybe. And, and and it's not from a, for me, I haven't experienced it from, from, from an evil side. It's, it's more so a concern having, you know, because I, I I was brought up Christian. Let me say that. I was brought up Christian. I, I went through all the things. I, I don't know how to call these things in English. But, you know, the christening, the thing, you know. I, I was very, you know, very Catholic up until a certain point where I said, Hey, you know, I don't know. I think I think there's something there. I'm not sure, but I'm not going to adhere to all these rules. And I'm not sure. No, I, I don't think so. And I think that if you do um, come from a certain, you know, upbringing or a culture or, or a certain religious group, that you may be concerned because maybe maybe you know you learn to be concerned for people who don't define their 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 connection to anything godlike or, or maybe not even believe in god who knows like I think it's more from that um, area that I, I sometimes feel that it's not really appreciated but I, I, I just leave it as is because again, it's not from a hateful. I've never had someone say to me, like, you're doing the devil's work or something, where I know it's, it is being said, it has not been said to me. It has been said to people I know of, it hasn't been said to me. But concern, I have felt concern coming my way. And what I try to do is just always say, hey, come. I invite you into my space and see how much how much peace and passion and love goes into what what I do, whether it's yoga, whether it's when I dance, when I sing, when I do my work <laughs> in communication, I, I do everything with with passion
2: and love. I, I do wanna jump in to to the to the singing and the dancing part. But that, maybe we'll save it for later. Gregory wants to know, can you please elaborate on the technical physical aspect of yoga versus something like CrossFit? And he, he also elaborates on it saying like, I find that CrossFitters are very have a very casual approach to highly technical exercises like Olympic lifts, which leaves them vulnerable to injury, while yoga really embraces the, the learning process. So what what can you tell us about that?
0: Yeah, the, the connection was broken off for a bit, but I I can read the question, so I I'm back. I'm back, and we're back in business. Yeah. So yoga versus CrossFit, and I think fitness in general. So with yoga, yeah, the, there's more. The, as you said, Gregory, it's more embracing the learning process. It's more the journey rather than the destination. And again, this is probably, you know, this is my next metaphor, but to keep it um, strictly about sports, so there is, there is a way, a, a destination, if you, if you look at it as this certain pose is the destination, or even like this, lifting this much weight is the destination. In that sense, it's not much different in that to lift that certain amount of weight, or to lift your body, or to do exercises with your body weight in a certain way, you have to really learn how to have that mind-body connection or else what you said you get very you, you get easily injured with yoga there's so much focus on the mind-body connection that what we're doing because i'm not sure if you've seen you always do things that i my mind is completely blown I feel like it's because of that mind body connection as well. So it's not just the physical, but it's also the mental, it's also the spiritual. So I don't know if that answers your question, Gregory.
1: Yeah, I, I've seen like from uh, aside from mental, like the, from the physical perspective, yogis are very like flexible, lean, and they have a lot of strength right. for not. For not, for doing these like calm motions, not forceful motions. And it always boggles the mind. Like it's kind of counterintuitive from uh, what you see in media. Lift weights, you get strong. You, you get a lot of strength, but, but yoga is kind of the opposite. You, you have to have all this control to actually be able to do these precise movements, it's kind of like ballet and I, yeah. I, I can't uh, like pole and all these kind of activities. Seem very counterintuitive to strength based and like physical health based exercises. So coming back to that part specifically, if, if it stay to the uh, physical aspect, is there any beginner yoga tip that comes to mind that you could challenge people on to give this a shot to see if this is something for them?
0: Wow. I would challenge them to learn the the sun salutation A from the Ashtanga yoga practice. So it's it's a, a style of yoga called Ashtanga. And in that style, you start your practice with the Surya Namaskar. This means sun salutation. And you have two of them. So there's one and two or A and B. And just this this sun salutation is very, it seems very simple, but there goes so much strength and flexibility and mindfulness into it. Also, for the first time, remember, so it's most yogis, their first sequence. So whether it's this sun salutation or there are different ones, most of the first sequence you learn is most is mostly going to be your Surya Namaskar. So, and I have people also, you know, we do Zoom classes nowadays. And everybody's like, oh, I can't wait for next week. And I always say, guys, no, not wait for next week. You practice. That's, that's 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 why I teach. For me, if you do this practice for yourself at home, then I am successful as a teacher. So challenging everyone, I, I post a tutorial of, of a Siri Namaskar A and just do that just do that one exercise do it every day for 30 days let's see. And we,
1: we see. can make it, it a 30 day challenge anuk
0: <laughs> 30 day surya namaskar <laughs> why not so i i would say do that so so for any beginner it's what i teach in my beginners course is is the surya namaskar i break it down completely and even people who know it they learn it again? So, yeah, it's that's my tip forever. Just practice your Surya Namaskar. If you do that for all your life, this is what all the gurus I've met said. You're good. Then you're already good.
1: Awesome. We'll uh, we'll look that up as well. And once you go live with a challenge, I'll uh, tell you we'll link it up.
2: I'll tell you one thing. Yoga is deceptive. I, I can tell you that, Diego. Yoga is deceptive. It, some things look easy. They are incredibly hard stands to do. Some of the yeah. things you can actually, you can't do. I've I've done gymnastics for six years. And there are still some things that I'm like, yeah, that, that pose is not going to work for me. So I'm out. If you want to try it, just to, <laughs> to, to learn a little bit about it, I'm fine. I'm not doing any yoga challenges anytime soon. Yeah, well,
0: at least you're honest. At least you're honest. Because, yeah, it is, it is quite heavy
2: it is it is quite heavy the the thing that i do find interesting about yoga is the breathing for me the breathing for for you most of you watching don't know it but you don't have any idea how often diego has to mute my mic because i'm breathing into the into the microphone but i do have an issue with breathing so from a, from that perspective i'm interested in, in yoga exercises that help with breathing but i'm trying the wim hof method i have i haven't seen actual results from it but but it, it, it is interesting
0: well actually that part Chalut, if i may that part of yoga is called pranayama so pranayama is the specific the specific what the practice of breathing and there are so many breathing exercises you do you do alternate nostril breathing belly breathing ujjara so many things so if you say like yoga is not for you, what you actually mean is asana practice is not for you. So the asana is a pose, but the yoga, we have eight limbs in yoga, eight sections of yoga asana is the third limb. Pranayama, no, asana is the fourth limb, pranayama is the third limb. So I would invite you to to, to try some pranayama exercises for the breathing. It will help.
2: I okay, okay. You can, you can link me up.
1: Guiano is sending some support from Curacao. Yeah, I think you also know Guiano. I think I met all of you during that conference as well. So happy reunion here. But yeah, as you are saying, Sean Luke, uh, before I cut you off brutally.
2: Yeah, as we as we go to the final questions, I I, I basically have one more question that I have to ask. And were and we going to do quick fires, Diego, to, to close, close it off? Do you feel like doing some quick fire questions? We haven't done quick fire questions in quite some time.
1: I have not mentally prepared for quick fire, but I am flexible enough to go for it.
2: <laughs> I have one okay? one question and, and it's gonna surprise you a little bit. Maybe I want to know michael jackson or or Bruno Mars Michael
0: Jackson
2: sorry I want to know a story there behind
1: is, that. why you specifically there, call that out. <laughs> That there's a reason behind it, especially between the performing arts and the love for uh, singing and dancing, Natasha. <laughs> I- I'm sensing a story.
0: <laughs> I, I I wasn't even sure if the question was for me or for Diego, but I had to answer, so I apologize. Yeah, I think. Oh, okay, that question because yeah, <laughs> Michael Jackson is uh, special
2: to me. <laughs> Yeah, so the follow-up question to that, of course, is what song is best suited? What which Michael Jackson song is best suited for doing yoga?
0: Man in the Mirror. And the first sentence is I'm gonna make a change for once in my life. When
2: I... I,
1: I was about to say that encompasses your journey, basically, <laughs> what we just talked about during this whole conversation That's now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you did this. I have to get her a little bit out of her comfort zone.
1: No, that's perfect. The the, the calmness has uh, dissipated, but I can see that she's very composed still. One last comment that came in really quick, Raul says, Shanluk is agreeing with you that some poses are kind of impossible for some people. And yeah, but I, I think that's something you could learn. So quick part, is it... Possible to learn flexibility over time, even at this stage.
0: Of course, I mean there are. This is a scientific fact. Like you guys can look it up. it, it is completely possible. Um, of course, everybody has a limit. Like me, sometimes your bone structure is in the way of something. But I promise you, it's not. You never having done yoga and then trying it for the first time and saying, oh, my body can't do this. I promise you. I had this conversation today. Someone asked me, like, you are probably the flexible kid and you're probably I was like, no, you can ask anyone. I was a kid that just couldn't touch her toes even at eight years old so no i i taught myself actually first for dance for dance auditions i was like okay if i'm gonna you know i have to be flexible and you just started training you can train flexibility the same way well not the same way but in the in the same routine type of of exercises that you train like your muscles for example like if someone really skinny can get really big as a bodybuilder you can get flexible, I promise you not that yoga is about flexibility love me you know but if we talk about flexibility, yes, you can train flexibility the same way you can train strength.
1: Definitely. And then to close off my final question would be to come full circle with we've actually done the journey from you know healthy lifestyle, done the corporate track, traditional you know the traditional trajectory that people set you on and then, come back here to this calming, beautiful room you're sitting in, in a Zen, very Zen mode. Then I want to turn it around again. What would you in your current profound position as a yogini say to someone, maybe your past self who was in the corporate world, how could they either merge or bridge or use yoga to elevate Their corporate life or that Russia life to not get burned out.
0: Yeah, I would I would say practice active mindfulness before you do anything else. Practice active mindfulness. Be mindful of every single thing that you do, every word that comes out of your mouth. How many things do we say in a day and are in a week and we regret it later? How many things do we do? How many meals have we have we had and we don't even know what we ate anymore because we were watching TV or we were checking our phone? You know? How many how many moments with our family have we missed for this call or that thing? Or you know, live live mind try to be mindful. So work hard, do your best. But be mindful. If you know you have already had a 10-hour workday, choose to disconnect. Choose to spend time not only with your family, not only with, you know, doing scrolling through your feed. Spend some time on yourself, on your inner self, you know? Write, listen to music, wear your headphones, do something that makes you paint Sing, do something that that actually elevates you to a certain level even if it's five minutes a day so I would say practice mindfulness and if that mindfulness brings you on a yoga mat and you do a sun salutation that is great if it brings you on a meditation cushion and you can close your eyes and just let go for five minutes great and if that's nothing at all of the sorts that's also good but take that time be mindful and know that it is okay to spend time on you because if you don't take care of yourself whether it is mentally spiritually physically you can't do all the things you're running after you can't take care of your family you're not going to be able to show up you're not going to be able to you know do whatever so that is what i would say
1: i think that's very very Beautiful advice. Practice active mindfulness, and then to close off, yeah. what can people expect from you in the next few weeks, months, and where can they find you, follow you? Anything people can look forward to?
0: Oh gosh, actually, I. So this is the first time I'm speechless in this conversation. Okay, now I have to talk about things that I'm good. It's good
2: you've you've inspired people you've inspired people now you just all those people that that listen to this conversation and are now inspired they have to know where they can contact you so so that okay. that's something that's the least you have to tell them. A, and you a, don't a, have to tell them your details on what your plans are but just tell them where they can follow yeah. you and and, and you can do the announcements over there it's it's fine we don't mind
0: i thought of one thing no so actually okay where can you find me let me answer that so let me say this because this is important to me i so that i have my company is yogini this is my company i'm from my company i teach yoga and i do consultancy in communications mainly health communications but this i think most of you know i don't know if if some of you know but i also have a foundation i founded this foundation called yoga surinama and it started as a visual platform it's now still a visual platform and i started it with my own you know resources and everything and i'm still doing that but what i would actually love to do when we're allowed again when the world is in a better place pandemic wise is to actually go and reach out and um, help out where i can because the thing is and not me but me and and this the, the, the community of, of yoga teachers and, and yoginis and yogis and everyone who wants to practice yoga or who who just likes to follow along, just come and let's go do things, you know, we can do little things, because this is the thing, you think, of, oh, if I have to help out, I have to run 50k and raise a million dollars or I have to, you know, whatever, no, let's just Go to you know an animal shelter and start to paint things, or let's go do yoga in Time. Everybody puts some money, and then we go donate that money. Let's do little things because I think that's important. So that's one thing. So there's this this charity, and there's also this collective, this platform. Of, so if you're a yoga teacher, please contact me because I'm gonna launch actually the Yoga Suriname website. Where I would love to have a database of all the yoga teachers in Surinama, and also if you have content that you would love to share of you doing yoga or meditation or any kind of knowledge you want to share on it, please also contact me. So Yoga Surinama is basically for all of us here who want to practice or practice already or teach. So that's that's what you can definitely stay uh, tuned for. I'm working on that. I've been working on that. Actually, Yoga Surinama was was before yogini before i ever started i I already had founded yoga surinama so and and from the yogini side so you can find me at 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 yoga surinama all of the people that have up until now collaborated on this platform you can find them at at yoga surinama on instagram facebook you'll see me post where you can do yoga classes in surinama Um, if you contact me i have some contact details of yoga teachers i can hook you up and there are people teaching online now a lot but but you know if you don't know it's hard to find sometimes so this is yoga surinam it's just at yoga surinam on everything and and then there's yogini suit which is a, it's a company it's a commercial company that i run and for yogini there's i'm also going to launch a website soon so stay tuned for that as well and Yogini is basically this story of today, this, this ins- helping to inspire people physically, mentally, spiritually to just have a passion for the journey, not only the destination, a passion for the actual journey, which is, I believe, what I have found. And um, so that will be launching. I'm uh, creating a lot of content before that. And so... Stay tuned for that. And also the logo and everything is coming. And then lastly, there's going to be a TV program where uh, we're going to do eight weeks of yoga with Yogi. Oh. So I'm also really excited about that. Yeah, I needed to think, but I got it. I got it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> no, that's amazing. And so many memorable one-liners that you've just dropped for us there. That, <laughs> that I,
0: I'm going to have to rewatch this and write them down. <laughs>
1: Definitely, definitely. We will also put them in the show notes, and we'll put all the links, contact information for Natasha in the description. Uh, guys, thank you again for joining us. Uh, everyone in the chat who joined in, we got some two more latecomers. Ed says uh, he's doing sun salutations. He learned from you while listening to this conversation. Uh, Zuat says he's considered uh, consider him inspired. So thanks, guys, for listening and tuning in. Uh, as always. Uh, The audio version of this episode will be released on Saturdays. Share with your friends if they've missed it. And share the social convos and the convos podcast in general with everyone. You know, we've been consistently at it for 18 weeks now. Wow, Shanluk, Props to that. We look forward to next week. We briefly introduced next week's guest already, but I'll leave that over to Luc for next week. And with that being said, Shanluke. Final word, and then you can roll us out.
2: Natasha, from the heart of everybody that was watching, from us as the host, thank you for doing this. A last comment jumped in from Marina. Nice success, Natasha. It was an amazing show. Next week, we'll have a midnight party with people in Tenerife. So thank you for watching. This was once again Social host. I'm Shaluk. This was Diego. This was Natasha. See you next week. Tuesday, nine o'clock, the same time. Bye bye.